Hi, this is Chris Sorensen. Welcome to Brookville Road Community Church Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to check out our website at brookvilleroad.cc for all the latest information about what's going on at Community Church. I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in becoming a wholehearted follower of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. the Christmas time, and uh, I'm just aware, just like you are, that this life is filled with pressure and places to be and just the weight of life, and every now and then we experience anxiety, and anxiety is one of those things that if it comes from time to time, that's a normal experience. We all have anxiety. I get it from time to time, but I would say that anxiety that is debilitating and depression that lasts is actually on the increase. And, and we have stats to prove that kind of thing. I started looking at different uh, data that reveals that. Now, I want to share a couple things I found. Uh, this is from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. They say that 40 million people in the United States, that's about 18%, experience an anxiety disorder in any given year. Then I found this stat. Depression increased significantly among young persons in the United States from 2005 to 2015, from 6.6% to 7.3%. Notably, the rise was most rapid among those ages 12 to 17, increasing from 8.7% to 12.7% in 2015. So that's some time ago already, and those numbers continue to climb. Uh, so if you're a junior high, high school student, you're here today, uh, just know that, that I recognize and many other adults recognize uh, what this culture is doing to you and what the enemy wants to do to you as well. And uh, this is a safe place for you to be able to open up and share some of those things. And there are many adults in this room wrestling with the same kind of thing. You look at all of the data, and the data tells us that anxiety, depression, it's on the rise. People are laughing less, and they're medicating more. We just recognize that life is heavy. When it comes to relationships and work and health and finances, we feel this weight. And you can put on red, and you can ho-ho-ho your way through the holiday. But it's really just a facade, just trying to see you through the season. I think what we need in moments like this isn't to pretend but to truly experience joy. That we would come into moments of environment where that weight is lifted and we would be reminded once again of what life is all about and what God came to give to us. And so I think uh, my prayer is that in our services on this day that there would be the kind of environment where you and I could just have the weight of anxiety and stress and depression lifted off of us. I think we could really use some joy. In order to kind of take us through that idea, I want to invite you to turn it to the book of Isaiah. It's in the Old Testament. Uh, Isaiah is a prophet, and he prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus would even be born and laid in a manger. And he prophesied about the anointed one. He prophesied about the, the coming one who would come, and he would be coming in the, in the realm for those who mourn and have just the weight of this life. And what we find in Isaiah 61 is that Jesus Christ, the anointed one, is actually the joy bringer. And the verses that I'm going to read, I'm going to read the first two, and they won't be on the screen. Verse three will be on the screen, and we'll, we'll look at that. But these verses were actually spoken by Jesus. Now, this is prophesied hundreds of years before he showed up. But there came a day after Jesus, of course, born in Bethlehem, raised, lived a perfect life. He went to the synagogue in his hometown, Nazareth, and he was given the scroll of Isaiah. 
And he unrolled the scroll and he read the very things that we're going to read in a moment. And he said, that's mine. That's me. That's what I've come to do. So let me read verses six, or verse 1 and 2 of chapter 61, and then we'll put verse 3 on the screen. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is Jesus reading this and speaking this eventually. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And those aren't captives in a jail. That is captives to sin. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound, bound in sin, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And then verse three, as we see it on the screen, to grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress. If you read that in different versions, it says beauty for ashes. Maybe you've heard that before. He's come to give us beauty for ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I love what this verse says and what it's explaining. What it's explaining is the fact that Jesus has come to bring good news to the poor in spirit. And Jesus would talk about that in the Sermon on the Mount. He has come to, to release people from the bondage and the weight of sin, to proclaim freedom to people who had been captive to the enemy. And then as a result of those two verses, as a result of us finding joy and freedom in Christ, then he gives us this joy, this oil of gladness and the garment of praise the garment of praise. I, I love that idea of the garment of praise because when I come into environments of praise, whether it's me by myself and, and just worshiping the Lord in song or talking to him and sensing his presence or coming in here and worshiping with you fine people, I always leave a bit lighter. I leave knowing, okay, I've met with God. God ministered to my heart, and this has been an opportunity for the weight and the anxiety of life to be lifted in such a way. And when you're in those environments, that's what God wants to give to you, that you would truly experience joy in him. Because what the enemy comes to do, the enemy comes to put a weight on you. The enemy has come to fill your mind with misbelief. But everything about God is about lifting you up, lifting your heart, lifting your soul, even in the midst of some trying and difficult circumstances. I like what Psalm 3, verse 3 says, the psalmist writes, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. God is the one who lifts our soul, who sees us through the challenging, difficult things of life. And life is heavy. It's, it's challenging. Daily we face challenges. I heard this story about a dad who was in a store with his toddler son, and he was pushing his son in the shopping cart, and the little toddler boy, he, he was crying and screaming, and he was throwing just a major fit. And the dad was pushing the shopping cart, and he was just saying very, very softly, don't cry, Albert. Relax, Albert. Albert, it's going to be okay. Albert, we're going to be home soon. And a lady came up and said, sir, I just have to commend you on how softly you're dealing with little Albert. And he said, ma'am, he's not Albert. I'm Albert. <laughs> Maybe you've experienced that on 465. Relax, it's going to be okay. Don't scream, you're going to get home soon. Right, life gets heavy. We experience that. And I believe that God wants to move us into some environments where we're reminded once again of who Jesus is and what he came to give to us that we might experience the hope and the joy that he gives 
to us, that we would come into an environment and we would have praise and gladness and we would be able to experience his joy in our hearts. And you know you have joy when it comes your direction because you just sense it and you sense it on the inside. Have you had moments like that where you're just like, I'm, I am joyful and it's not based on the circumstances I'm in, it's based on what's happening on the inside because joy isn't external, joy is internal and you know it when you feel it in spite of circumstances. Maybe you've had moments where you're listening to a song, it's your favorite song, and your heart just lifts, the, the mood changes, and, and this happens for me. There's, there's a song on my playlist that when it comes on and I'm in the car with my daughter Shelby and my wife Tammy, they just shake their head and they, they roll their eyes uh, because they know when it comes on, I'm gonna do my car dance, right? Now, I don't know if you have a car dance, but the, you got limited movement in the car. But when I hear this particular song, I mean, it's kind of a shoulder bob. It starts with my right shoulder, and it just kind of moves. I don't know if you've got one of those. Well, I don't know what you've got in your car, but I, I have that when I hear this song. You're probably wondering, what song makes the pastor dance? Do you want to hear it? You sure? It's not country music. You're not going to like it. All right, all right. I'll let, I'll let you hear it. No, I won't give in till I reach the end, and then I'll start You get the right people with the right music, and the, the atmosphere changes. It, it just becomes lighter. And I believe we need a, a, just a sense of joy in our lives and the gladness that God has brought our direction. And I love Christmas because Christmas, we set up those environments. We do our very best to provide environments where we've set the tone, where there will be joy and gladness in our homes. It doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes things fall apart. It doesn't match up to our Norman Rockwell vision. But, you know, maybe you've got traditions that you do, and you're, there's just joy. Maybe you remember decorating cookies with your mom, and you get piles of sugar in a room. That's a good environment, right? Uh, you get presents with your name on it. That's a good environment. And for me, I'm nostalgic. I, I love just setting the mood as best I can. And so I like decorating around Christmas time. And so I'll do my best. I'll get the right music mix of Christmas songs. And I uh, just make sure that the fireplace gets turned on. And if it's a great Christmas, it's snowing outside. And friends are calling you who. Um, and, and right, that you get the Christmas tree out. And you start to get the decoration out. You get the, the boxes of decoration and you, you, you just feel the joy in the room as you're decorating, and then you pull this out. And you're like, I don't have joy anymore. I, I don't know how this got to be like this, because I remember last year when I put it in that container, it was not like this. I don't know what the lights do, 360-some days, but I, I'm not sure. And I like order, <laughs> and I like things to work, and I like joy. So I see something like this, and I just leave it for Tammy. <laughs> and I let her finish the decorating. And I'm not kidding. There has been more than one Christmas where Tammy has been left to decorate alone. And I leave the room. And I think this is kind of a, a picture of many of our lives. You get in these environments where there's just joy, and you go right back to a tangled mess. 
I think a lot of people have a tangled mess in their lives and they just kind of leave it and walk away. But I'm here today to tell you that because of Christmas and Christ's coming, he came to bring us something that will take the tangled, heavy weight out of our lives so that you might experience joy. Not a fake, make-believe, put on the happy face, wear the red joy, but a true joy that comes through Christ. I believe that we see this in two verses in the book of Luke, Luke chapter two. Very familiar verses. You've probably heard these verses before, even if you don't attend church very often. They're uh, used a lot. And it talks about the bringer of joy that Isaiah spoke of. And the angel has come, and he's going to announce the birth of Jesus. This is the first Christmas greeting card, if you will. Uh, This is uh, a gender reveal. I don't care what kind of gender reveal you've had. I don't think you'll ever top an angel showing up saying, it's a boy. And so the angel comes, and he's going to make this announcement, but doesn't make it to everybody. He comes to a specific group of people. He comes to the shepherds. And I think he comes to the shepherds because I believe they are probably the ones who are probably feeling the most weight of life. I mean, they're not, they're not really making all that much money. It's not minimum wage. It's a tough job. It looks really glamorous in the nativity scene, but it's not all that glamorous. It's a stinky job. It's a cold job. It's a hard job difficult thing to do, and they're always roaming around, and if you need to get out of the elements, you're staying in a cave. And so the angel comes in Luke chapter 2, in verse 10, and says this, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Can you say that with me? Great joy. So he says, I've got some promises for you, and it's not just joy, it's great joy. And it's not just like joy for some shepherds working the night shift on Christmas. This is joy for everybody. He says, great joy that will be for all the people. And that includes you people and me. He then says, for unto you is born this day. Unto you. God came for you in this room. He came for you to save you. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior. Somebody who will come and take all of your sin, past, present, future, and wash it away. Take all of the guilt and all of the shame and all of that weight that bears down on you in this life and separates you from a very holy God and lift that off of you and replace it. That God has come to you to save you for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who's called the Christ, Christ the Lord. Now, we write Christ the Lord on Christmas cards, and we we sing that, but we often forget what it actually is. What it is is the anointed one. That is Christ the Lord. The one that Isaiah spoke of in Isaiah 61, that is Christ the Lord, the one who has come, who has the power to break the bondage in your life, the weight of sin, shame in your life. He is the one who has come to proclaim good news to you, to bind up the brokenhearted, to release you from the captivity of dysfunction and sin and the tangled mess that we have in our lives. And as he begins to lift those things off of you, the replacement is oil of gladness. He's going to give you a garment of praise. He's going to give you beauty for ashes. And one of the difficult things of being a pastor is realizing that as I share this, there's a number of people that 
really will never step into that truth. And I'm not talking just about people who don't receive Christ. I'm talking about plenty of Christians who never really appropriate the promises of God and understand what he has come to do in your life to remove the darkness and the dysfunction that you have. And you stay right where you're at, not truly understanding the victory that is yours as the anointed one, Christ the Lord, moves in your direction to take you out of bondage, to take you out of captivity, to lift off of you the weight that you feel. You see, Christmas is a promise of great joy, great joy, and it's for all people. It's for you that you would begin to allow God to take this mess and change it. You know, after I come to my senses, after I've left the room and left the tangled mess to my wife, every now and then, I come back. And we sit down and we just start to untangle. And yet, difficult, and it's messy. But freedom's worth it. Isn't it about time for you to let God start dealing with the tangled mess of your life? Not to just walk out of the room or ignore it, pretend like it's going to go away on its own. But for you to truly allow him to untangle the mess. I would say, if you're here this afternoon and you are dealing with depression, you need to get some help. You need to go to somebody. Don't let that linger. You need to find a counselor. It could be a Christian counselor. I would recommend that. It could be just a secular counselor as well. And what you will find, they'll help you identify maybe how you got to where you're at. They'll be able to pinpoint some things and you'll have some knowledge and you'll know what's going on. But the thing that they don't always tell you is that it's not just cognitive. It's not just in your head. That there's a deeper experience that needs to be had and I'm here to tell you that it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is a relationship with the maker of this universe. It's not just right thinking. If you're depressed or you have anxiety, I've been there before, you, you may have well-meaning Christians come along and say, oh, you need a verse. Sometimes verses don't touch it. What you actually need is an encounter with the living God. For him to impact your life and to transform you from the inside out for you to begin to allow him to untangle what's happened in your heart. And yeah, it's painful. And there may be some things that you learned that you didn't want to learn, that you didn't want to touch, but you must allow him in to begin that process of untangling. Now around here, we, we use a term, a few terms, love God, love the church, and love the world. What we're talking about right here is letting God love you as you love him that you would love God enough to actually get into his presence. And so I, I encourage people to take 1% of their day, 15 minutes, the best 15 minutes of your day, and get with God. And yeah, there's some practical things that you could do. You could open up the Bible, which is his love letter to you, and you could begin to read that. You could pray during that time. But it's not just 
reading the Bible. The goal isn't to read the Bible. The goal isn't just simply to pray. The goal is to allow the one who loves you, created you, to minister to your heart and to the tangled dysfunction that you've allowed to remain. And what you will find is that he begins to straighten some things out for you as you let him love you. Once he begins to untangle and got everything kind of straightened out, and you go to plug this in, do you know what happens? Nothing. There's always a bulb out. Every single time. If you've ever had one of these, there's always one somewhere, right? Now, they make lights that are new, and they just kind of stay lit. But back in the day with these babies, you got one of these out, they're all out. And you got to go through each and every single bulb, testing it to see, okay, which one of these things is out. Because they've got to be connected. They've, there's got to be a current that flows from one to the other. And I think that's a lot like the church, the body of Christ. You and I need to be connected. Around here, we, we call it love the church. Yes, we want to love God and let him begin to deal with that mess and the sin in our lives, but then we want to love others. I need to be connected in such a way. That's not just me and God. I need you. You need me. We need each other. We need to be there for one another. And when you become part of the body of Christ, God blesses you as he untangles some things in your life, and now you get to get connected and be a blessing to somebody else who blesses somebody else, and then you are blessed once again. So I would encourage you to find your place in the church. And whether it's this church or a different church, that's all right. Go somewhere. Get plugged into the body of Christ so that as God begins to remake you from the inside, as you spend time with your maker, now you get to be light and life and encouragement to somebody else in the body of Christ. So I'd encourage you, you know, just begin to let God love on you and you love him back. Love God and then love the church and get plugged in and find your place. And you know when you do that, You've got this string of lights, and you can take the lights, and you go outside, and you can put it on your house, you can put it on the shrubs, put it on your trees outside. That way, other people get to see what God is doing in your life or our lives. Around here, we call that loving the world, to love the world. That we just simply want to make our relationship with God, like, God, I need you to fix a few things in my life. Thanks for doing that and kind of be by myself. No, I want you to fix some things in my life so that I might be a blessing to others. And God, all of us, we then want to show your love to the world around us. God, would you help me to live out what you've asked me to do in Matthew 5, verse 16, where it says this, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, that way, other people who are tangled in the mess of sin will get to see what Christ has done in you, what he has done in us as we shine bright for him. Now, you might say, Chris, you missed a step. You're right. I did miss a step. So you cannot fix yourself. You, you can't really make a difference in other people's lives until you personally get plugged into the source of all life, which is Jesus Christ. He is the light. 
In fact, in the book of John, it tells us that Jesus is the light of men. It says there, verse 3, all things were made through him, through Jesus. And without him was not anything made that was made. Maybe you thought that he was just a baby in a manger. He's so much more. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And just before these verses, it tells us that in the beginning, that Jesus was there with God, is God, has always been God. Which means that Jesus has always been in heaven watching what was going on. And when he saw mankind fall, sin, get a tangled mess in their lives, he did not stay up in heaven and say, y'all need to get your act together. He didn't say, you need to straighten out your own life. Would you get out of the dysfunction you're in? No. He moved into the mess. He moved into our tangled up sin. It was not enough for him to stay in heaven and watch us in the mess. He came on down into our mess, and that's why we celebrate Christmas, because that's awesome, that our God would put on flesh, move in our direction, so that we might be able to get out of the mess that we are in. He came for you so that you would know him, that you would not have to stay in a tangled mess. I bring you good news of great joy that God left heaven, put on flesh, was born in a manger, grew and lived and lived a perfect life, a sinless life, and became an absolutely perfect sacrifice, which none of us could ever do because he never sinned. He became the perfect sacrifice and sin must be dealt with. It must be covered. And so Jesus stepped into the mess went to the cross and died in your place to take on your mess, your sin. He was dead and buried in a grave until a Sunday morning when he rose from the dead, conquering death and offering life, ascending into heaven. Oh, and there will be another advent. There will be another coming of Christ. But he has moved in your direction so that he might enter in to untangle the mess that we've got ourselves into. And that can be yours today. Would you bow with me as we pray? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or come to the front or stand up or do anything like that. But I am going to ask you, if your life is a tangled mess and you have not turned to the source of life, this is your moment. If you're ready to know God through his son, Jesus Christ, you can do that. Maybe you say, well, okay, Chris, what, what, would I ha- what do I have to do? Well, the Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that can happen in a moment. And it's a moment of faith. And you can whisper a prayer like this right now to him. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for coming for me. Forgive me for going my own way and sinning. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. Be my Lord. I trust you to put my life together. All I have to offer is this tangled mess. But I believe you're the true and living God. I believe you died died for my sins. I believe that you were buried, and by faith, I believe you rose from the dead. 
today I put my faith in you. Father, for all my friends in this room who have stepped across that line of faith, who have started this walk with you, Lord, I thank you that as they begin this journey, you are sufficient to meet them at their point of need. Lord, not everything gets untangled and made right immediately. But now that we have a a connection to you, we have the source of life, I pray that you would minister to each heart, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, that you begin to untangle some of the dysfunction as they begin this journey with you, that you would see them through. You are faithful, and I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in each heart in this moment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, 27 years ago, I made that kind of commitment where I became a wholehearted follower of Jesus Christ, and I have not arrived. I won't be perfect until I get to heaven. But until then, I'm gonna keep letting God work on me and on my heart. And I have at my disposal the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and so do you. And you have his spirit to begin to see you through the weightiness of this life and to fill you with his joy. If you've made that decision today, after we get done singing Silent Night and lighting some candles in here, I would encourage you to come and talk to to one of us up front, maybe talk to the friend that you came with today. They'll introduce uh, us, but I just want to be able to help you on next steps. Where do I go from here? Chris, what do I do? What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? I've got a book for you that I can give you and just encourage you in your journey. So you can do that following this service. What we're going to do now um, is uh, we're going to light some candles. Uh, It's going to get dark in just a moment. And so I'm going to encourage you to kind of stay in your seat uh, as it gets dark and I don't want anybody to get hurt. But um, what we've been doing is lighting something called an Advent candle. Uh, This is an Advent wreath. And so each week we get together and we've just been recognizing certain aspects of of who God is and what he's doing in this world and in our lives. And the first week we talked about hope. We read some verses and we prayed and we talked about hope that week. Then the next week we got together and we talked about peace and the peace that God brings and only God can bring. And the next week we talked about joy kind of like we talked about tonight. And then this week, we talked about love. Today is the Christ candle. As I light the Christ candle, I'm I'm reminded of the fact that Jesus is hope. (laughs) Jesus is peace. He is joy. And he is love. In John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So in a moment, we're going to pass the light. I'll have some people come up front, and they're going to help me do that. Uh, But I'd invite you to stand right now as we pray. And we invite God to continue to minister to our hearts, kind of in an environment of joy and peace, and love, and hope. Let's pray. Fathers, we come before you now. We pray as the flame is passed, we will be reminded of what you are doing in each heart. Lord, you've touched somebody's life who ended up touching my life, and I heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that we would do the very same thing. As we pass this light, that we be reminded of your love for us, and the love that you want us to share with one another. 
Lord, thank you for coming in our direction. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the area and are looking for a church home, we'd love for you to join us at one of our weekend worship services. For service times and information about BRCC, be sure to check out brookvilleroad.cc. God bless you.